Hey, this is Alex with the Unbiased Trailblazer Podcast. If you haven't joined our Discord yet, you're missing out. Go to our Twitter at UnbiasedBlazers. There's a link in our bio where you can join the Discord server from there. There's also links in every podcast description, so you can join from there as well. Now, let's get to the show. Rip City, baby. City, what's going on? Alex here with the Unbiased Trailblazer podcast. We got a special guest tonight, but first let me introduce Fawad. How are you doing tonight, Fawad? I'm good as always. Excited to be here. Yeah, we uh, this has been a, a little time in the making. We've been waiting to do this. Uh, so without further ado, let's introduce our special guest here. We got KJ. Some of you may know him from Twitter. I know his, his Twitter handle has changed. At once it was Die Happy. I think it's now it's Die Mad, correct? Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm Die Mad the second now on Twitter. <laughs> So if, if you've seen him on Twitter spaces, if you've seen him on Twitter, that's where you know him. He's in uh, he's in our our Discord servers, both on both on the Trailcasters and on us. So uh, thank you for joining us very much. Yeah, I, I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, Fawad and I did the Trailcasters uh, about a month ago. And, that's right. Uh, last year, uh, I got to do the We Like the Blazers uh, with Ryan Whitledge. So I'm completing the triforce of uh, blazers fan podcast here we I'm, go i'm happy to be here <laughs> well we appreciate you being here i know it's kind of short notice i think we kind of planned on this last week so i'm glad we found time to do it and uh let's hop into it um first things first me i know between you and i we have a little bit of a conflicting opinion on this roster so i would like to get your opinion on this roster and just kind of your thoughts on how this offseason went yeah, we have been exchanging messages back and forth over the summer. And uh, like, uh, honestly, man, I'm, I'm just amazed by your optimism. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm not a, a big fan of what Joe Cronin's done. Uh, I, I think that the team is decisively worse than it was uh, this time last year. And I'm, I'm really concerned about the upcoming season. Yeah, I mean, I've, to me, I feel like there was a lot of moves that were made in this offseason um, that addressed the issues that we had. So wh- let me ask you this. What were what were the uh, the issues you saw last year that we had? What what kind of issues did you think we had back last year? So the cardinal issue or the cardinal sin uh, of the Blazers and Damian Lillard's career has been backcourt defense for the last say seven years since we've lost Wesley Matthews. Um, we've had Dame, uh, we've had CJ, and we haven't really had somebody to go out there and guard uh, the best uh, opposing guard. Like that uh, has been our Achilles heel. Uh, you saw it uh, in the Western Conference Finals against the Warriors. You see it on a random Tuesday when so, uh, you, uh, when a guard will put up a season high against us. You saw it against uh, the Nuggets in the playoffs uh, now two seasons ago when we got schooled by uh, Facundo Campazzo. Mm. Like that, that really. And Austin uh, Rivers. I think, and, and Austin Rivers. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, that really, I, I think, is the team's uh, Achilles heel. Um, uh, and that's what I wanted to see addressed this offseason. 
So I actually agree 100% with you. I think that was our biggest issue, that and uh, not having a true power forward that could play defense and stretch the floor. But I agree. Number one issue with me was the the guard defensive play. So I'm glad that we agree on that because I, I'm right there with you. And I know Fawad and I have kind of talked about it in the past. Fawad, for a refresher, what was your – did you have any other different issue besides that last year? I feel like last year a lot of things were wrong. Obviously, defense was one of them. But, I mean, defense was a lot of them because it's not just one thing. Like you said, backcourt defense, but also, um, you know, wing defense was almost non-existent last year or whatever, like last healthy year. Um, and our bench our bench bigs, you know, Cantor and Mello, they couldn't play defense for their lives. So those were all issues. Um, and then health was another one too. But, you know, that's part of being a Blazers fan. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you're not a Blazer fan if you're not dealing with injuries. So, KJ, let me ask you this. You said that you feel like we didn't really address it, correct? The the correct. guard defensive issues. Correct. So, were you of the opinion that we probably should have traded Simons away this year for something? Uh, to me, Simons is the new CJ. He's an excellent player. Uh, I, I think he's very good. Uh, I've, I've been on the, or I was, I should say, I can say was now, I was on the trade CJ bandwagon for quite a long time. But it's not because I didn't like CJ. It's not because I didn't think he was a good player. He's a fantastic player, and we've seen that in New Orleans. Uh, but the thing is, we already have an undersized uh, defensive liability at point guard who's really good on offense. We have that guy in Damian Lillard. And so what we need to pair next to Dame is something else, uh, something other than that. That was the problem with the Dame and CJ pairing. That's why those teams never went anywhere. And if Simons is the starter next year, which I think everyone expects him to be, uh, I see us as exactly where we left off in terms of the starting unit. So why... go for it. Go for it, Hawad. This is why I was excited to have you on because you're relatively pessimistic to the rest of the fan base. And I agree with a lot of your takes, just not as strongly. And, you know, when I'm with Alex, I kind of get pulled over to the more optimistic side. So now I have someone to balance me out. And I agree with, like, you know, almost all your takes. I think Simons is going to be, um, you know, Damon CJ 2.0. But I think there is a little bit of potential for him to improve. And, um, like, I wanted to trade him too for for any any defend any defender whether it was a two or a three and either keep norm or maybe trade him too but uh before continuing on simons what did you think about um gary payton too do you think he can help cover for you know both damon's uh damon simons or what do you think he's not enough or what and so if your biggest uh Detriment is backcourt defense going out and adding what may be like the best backcourt defender into the league sounds like it's going to be a great solution. But uh, unless you think that Peyton is going to start and Simons is going to come off the bench, that means that uh, either we're talking, we're using Gary against bench units, or we have Dane Simons and uh, Gary Peyton, who are all six foot two, six foot three. We saw that story last year. It didn't work very well. KJ, you're not going to believe this, but I agree 100% with you. On on both things, I was I was one hundred percent on the trade Simons. I I feel like it is exactly like CJ and Dame, but I do kind of agree with Fouad. I think there's a little bit more upside with Ant just because of how athletically gifted he is on the defensive side. I don't expect there to be anything there, but I do think 
what we kind of wanted to see from Damon CJ. I think we have a better chance of seeing that with Damon Ant than we did with CJ. And then I agree with you. I think our biggest issue is we go out and we do get a defender like Gary Gary Payton, but the minutes aren't there that that we need it to be there. And and that's the biggest issue. If if we have Simons and we're paying him, you know, the amount we're paying him and we're playing him the amount we're playing him, then does that mean Gary Payton's the three and we have three undersized guys? Even though Gary Payton's a very good defender for his size, not very good. He's a very great defender for his size, but. I'm with you. I agree 100%. I think our biggest, I, I still am on the side of we should try to find something to trade Simons away to get to get more help and not kind of lock us down at the two and the one and be kind of locked there with those three guys all at the same time. So three, we're two for two right now. I will say they, they fit better together on offense. You know, a, they fit a lot better than Damon CJ did. I think, you know, that could... Uh, I guess, you know, counter some of the negative defense, but, like, you know, it, it is definitely an issue. Uh, Dave and CJ fit fantastically together on defense, uh, on offense. Uh, I feel like, like we had a top-five offense in the league for, like, five, ten years. Like, uh, offense was never the problem, and so I, I don't care as much about his catch-and-shoot game because, like, that, uh, that's not really uh, the pro- You have Damian Lillard on your team. Your offense is going to be pretty good. Yeah, like, okay, obviously uh, we were a top five offense, so it was never an issue, but I think um, Simons helps more with the bench unit, whereas, you know, CJ, when he was with the bench unit, it was more ISO. Now, when Dame, uh, and when Dame and CJ were playing together, it was more like taking turns, even though that was effective because of how good they were. I think uh, in terms of, like, ball movement and just working as a team, I think it might help a little bit and keep our offense a little bit more creative, which could help in the playoffs, rather, just, rather than just ISO and driving kicks or like 90% of our offense. But um like yeah, I I agree with you that offense wasn't the issue and you know, he's good, he's just as bad as uh, CJ on defense, maybe even worse, but there is a little bit of a positive compared to CJ in my opinion. I think it just comes down to his athletic ability. He he has the tools and the gifts to be better defensively than he is. It just all depends on if he commits to being better. And that remains to be seen. I mean, it's been four years and we haven't seen it, so don't get your hopes up. My hopes aren't up, but I, I always hope that there's something. Yeah, like, I, I've heard the athleticism argument, and maybe he does have the tools. I don't know his wingspan offhand, but, uh, like, was it Jabari Parker on the Bucks? Guys don't get played. To, guys don't get paid to play yeah. defense. Like, that, that's what we're looking at here. And he's been in the league for four years. That he hasn't cared about defense really at all in that time, and we just gave him a hundred million dollars. And so, uh, the idea that he's going to suddenly improve uh, just that doesn't seem realistic to me. I agree with you. I don't. I honestly don't see an improvement, and it kind of sucks because that's something that we definitely need. So let me ask you. Let's move on from Simon's real quick. Let's let's talk it's about nine wingspan. What was that? It's nine wingspan. Oh, okay. So let's move on to the three spot. This is a little bit more, um, a little bit more crowded here, even than the two spot right now. So we got Josh Hart, we got Nasir Little, and we have Gary Payton. So, in your opinion, who should be starting? Who should start, or who do I think will start? Let's do both. Let's do both. So 
but from what I've heard, that the intent, at least right now, is to have Nas start uh, and to have Josh Hart come off the bench and serve as more of a secondary playmaker. And so I think uh, Little will be our starting small forward opening night. But uh, I think that it should be Josh Hart. Uh, he's uh, a better shooter uh, than Nasir is. Uh, he's a better rebounder than Nasir is. Uh, and I, I think overall it makes more sense to have him in that spot. It would make the most sense to have him as a starting two and trade one of the guards. But um, uh, of the players on our roster, I, I would say he should start. It. Fawad, do you hear this right now? This is three three takes in a row. I'm agreeing with them. I've I've said that I would love to have Josh Hart as our two, and and that would involve having to get rid of Simons most likely. So I don't know what's going on, KJ, but we're agreeing uh, right now. We've talked about this Josh is going Hart. to be a really boring podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we've talked about Josh Hart versus uh, Nasir Little like for the starting spot extensively on our podcast, and we agree with like every single word you just said. Yeah, I think it comes down to I think. Hart ends up playing more minutes than Nas does, but I do think Hopefully. Little ends up starting. I hope, yeah, I hope. Yeah, like for me, the three is maybe our, our biggest hole um, uh, in terms of uh, roster construction, uh, but uh, more so uh, than the, the three spot. I'm worried about the five spot. Like, Do you realize that two-thirds of our uh, front court rotation were on our G League team? I'm, I mean, the five, the five spot is very, is a very scary spot right now for us. Let's, let's talk about that real quick. We've got Nurkic, we got Eubanks. That's it. End of list. Yeah. And, um, not a, not a list to be excited about other than having Nurkic. Um, you know, obviously health's an issue the past couple of years, even though I don't feel like it's as serious as an issue as people want to make it, but I, it is an issue. But in your opinion, KJ, do you think we have to make a move at that five spot to be more legitimate than we already are? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm not, I don't agree with the premise that we're legitimate right now. Uh, but just taking a step back, like uh, our, uh, our bench is a big concern. Going back to last year, you had mentioned Mello and Cantor. Uh, those guys were good players. They've had good careers, but defensively, particularly together, they were a disaster. Mm -hmm. uh, and so last season, out goes Mello, out goes Cantor, in comes uh, Cody Zeller, who it looks like just signed with the Jazz. Uh, well, welcome back, Dick Hanson, uh, <laughs> and Larry Dance Jr. Uh, those were the types of players that you needed on a team that was trying to compete. Like Cody Zeller is nothing to write home about, but he's a competent NBA five. Uh, and you need those guys if you want to uh, make a run in the playoff. And then with Larry Nance, you had like the four or five tweener stretch five option. And so we were pretty well positioned last year in terms of the bench. Um, uh, but this year we have uh, uh, the backcourt, uh, which is great with Gary uh, and Josh. But other than that, I'm not sure how many NBA players are, are on our squad right now. And so I'm, I'm concerned about the depth. I, I really am, particularly at the five spot. Yeah, and, and I, I wanna I wanna put this out here. I didn't mean as in like we we're legitimate like title contenders or anything. I just meant to make us more legitimate than we already are. I I'm of the opinion that yes, we have Jabari Walker and he looked pretty good in summer league, but that I mean that's 
there's so much more that we need from him than just what we saw there to be that excited like some fans are. Um, so everyone's saying that we got Jabari Walker on the bench and we got Trenton Watford, even though how much me and Fouad love Trenton Watford. The five is an issue. The not having, I mean, Eubanks is, I don't know. To me, that's not someone you're relying on for your backup big. Maybe I'm wrong, but to me, five, I think, is is a little scary as the season goes on. We're definitely playing small ball. I mean, you go, I don't, Eubanks is what, 6'9", I think? Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, we have one seven-footer in Nurkic, and that's it. Bringing up uh, Larry Nance was kind of a sore spot for me because he fits our roster so, so well. He's, like, pretty much exactly what we need. We traded him away for, you know, basically as a throw-in. Maybe for, like, we got one or two more seconds out of it. He, like, he's he can play small ball five. He can play the four. He's a good defender. He's a really good playmaker. He, you know, he does everything that we need, and we just traded him away you know what he played like what 30 games before getting hurt and we didn't really give him a fair shot to you know get used to the system to let chauncey chauncey was still figuring things out himself so we didn't give him a fair shot at all he didn't get to play with dame too much either you know a healthy dame so you know if he was back on this roster i think i would have so much more hope for this season but i think right now that big depth is pretty concerning um but i'm gonna ask you this uh do you think can be fixed by signing like someone like a Dwight Howard or a Boogie Cousins, or do you think we need to make a trade for someone more legitimate like Nolan's Noel or someone even better? Well, something is better than nothing. Uh, and like right now, we have a seven footer on the roster. Uh, I, I guess there's another guy on our training camp squad. Uh, is it uh, great? Uh, I forget the name. Forgot it, right? Too. Yep, you're right. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> all right and so we ha- will have like maybe a two-way guy that's a seven footer as uh, our fourth string big um uh but uh like dwight howard uh cousins uh cody zeller just got signed just a journeyman centers somebody out there uh, who has uh, done it before and can start a basketball game not uh, and not embarrass himself like that that's the biggest hole on this roster right now i would say so be fair to you he's not gonna i don't think he'll embarrass himself either you know he i think he was he showed he's a competent nba player or at least he has the potential to be but yeah no team should be relying on him to take big minutes yeah he's rolling off at your second string center that's a little scary um KJ, some someone we haven't talked about, and probably the biggest part of our offseason was Jeremy Grant. I honestly can't remember how you reacted to it, so go ahead and let me know, let everybody know how you felt with the Jeremy Grant trade and how he fits with us. So the Jeremy Grant trade was fantastic. Like, uh, it, if you look at it just as a single transaction, we traded, I think, uh, the Bucks 2025 first and a few seconds and a few swaps to get one of the better players on the market. And so if you just look at that transaction, A+, plus, it's uh, by far the best thing Joe Cronin has done. I would say the only good thing Joe Cronin has done. Uh, but if you take a step back uh, and you think of it as just an extension of the CJ trade, um, uh, because uh, basically what the move becomes is that you trade CJ and Larry Nance for Josh Hart and Jeremy Grant. Now, um, uh, 
what we were going to trade CJ for was a big topic of conversation last year. Uh, if you did the post game spaces uh, that my buddy uh, Sheriff of PDX puts on, um, you probably heard us talk about Ben Simmons for hours on end. Uh, and so when we would talk about, okay, what do we trade CJ for? What do we trade CJ for? Jeremy Grant wasn't our first choice. Jeremy Grant wasn't our second choice. Jeremy Grant was, eh, I guess. Uh, and so, Yes, I think he's an improvement over Robert Covington. I think he's a great fit on the roster. Uh, that specific transaction to get him was fantastic. But do I think that the Jeremy Grant trade uh, is the last step towards making us some type of a contender? No, I, I, I don't think so, especially because we took so many other steps back in the last year. What is worth... I was in those spaces for or a couple of them, and I did want Jeremy Grant like at that time, uh, because mainly because I think CJ's contract was a lot more negative than people thought. So I thought he was like realistically in the range of what we could get. But what I didn't like was after we got him, and even before we got him, when Joe Cronin was kind of hinting towards like a move in the pipeline, I I got the vibe that he felt that that was like the one move that was going to push us to, you know, like the top four seeds in the west and that's not at all mm-hmm. like what it will do but that's that was the vibe i got and i was a little bit concerned because i feel like he you know he he might be satisfied but at least he's sounding like he's not satisfied but i, I do think that you know it's a good move it's just not you know, it's not gonna save us yeah and, I, and that's something we talked about when that trade did happen is that it was a it was a great move and a great step first step but there was more that needed to be done. So I, I agree. I hope that that's not his only plan. And he thinks that we're going to be much better off now, you know, but I, I do agree with you, KJ. I think the trade wise, what we traded away for it, I think it was a good move. And in my opinion, I think Jeremy Grant fits great for us. I, he plays very good defense. He's a very good offensive player. Um, do you see him as being a player that we're going to try to, I guess I, we make that trade. We're obviously going to try to reassign, resign him. But what do you think? Is that a good move to resign him? Well, the answer to that question is always for how much. Um, yeah. Uh, depending on exactly what type of contract he's looking for, uh, I'm a little bit surprised he hasn't been extended yet. Uh, I think he was eligible back in August, and the, the fact that he doesn't is the uh, the fact that he hasn't yet is actually a pretty big red flag. Uh, but I think that it um, points towards just uh, the Blazers sort of sitting at a crossroads trying to decide if they want to go all in and be a Dame team uh, or if they want to uh, get younger and, and take a step back. And uh, I think that um, uh, the, the fact that that's sitting out there is evidence of the fact that Cronin hasn't made up his mind yet. Spot on. I've, I mean, I've said that from... I don't know how long ago it was, Fawad, but I said I just want them to commit to either one, go all in or rebuild and let's go for the future. I just want one of them doing this like halfway one way and then halfway the other way. It's terrible and it's not going to work. So I don't know what's I don't know what I drank today, but I'm I'm on the same boat as you with a lot of things so far. Just double checking, but I don't think uh, Grant is actually eligible until November. But, you know, I'm still just double checking that could be wrong. Do you let me ask you something, KJ? We, me and Fawad talked about this earlier. Do you think it's going to be offensive wise? Do you think it's going to be like Dame and Grant being the two offensive focal points, or do you think it's going to be Dame and Simons, or do you have Dame and Nurk or somebody else? 
Uh, I think that it should be uh, Jeremy Grant. Like uh, he has proven that he can go out and be a leading scorer in the league. Yes, it was on a rat team uh, in mm-hmm. Detroit, but uh, still, he has that skill set out there. Uh, it would give us a different look than the guard-heavy stuff with Dame uh, that we're used to. And if we're not relying on Anthony so much for the offense, um, then that gives us more lineup versatility with who we play at the two and the three. And so I think that it should be Jeremy Grant, but old habits die hard. Uh, and the Blazers have been uh, let's watch our guards take turns team for a while. And so uh, if I had to bet, uh, I would say that uh, uh, Ant will be second in uh, points per game this year. Okay. I, I'm I'm leaning towards, I'm hoping Grant is the second option. I think that gives us more versatility offensively and defensively because then we don't have to, for one, we don't have to rely on Ant to be out there offense, on the offensive end. So maybe Gary Payton plays more or maybe Josh Hart plays more of the two. Um, but I also just think it's it would be so nice to see something other than just two guards bringing up the ball constantly and shooting threes and trying to create for themselves. And I'm looking forward to our offense. I think our offense is going to be a lot different than what we're used to. I'm hoping it is at least. Um, and I, I'm really excited to see Jeremy Grant. Yeah, so uh, update on his extension. He can't, he signed a three-year contract in November, November 22nd of 2020, which means he's eligible two years later. So that would be... Uh, November 22nd of this year, so in about two months. That's when he's eligible to sign a four-year 112 mil. So I, th- I, I I stand corrected. I had thought that that eligibility was back in August. That's my bad. Because it was, Would it you was be a, happy? Was, Go for it. It was the COVID season where the um, off-season was pushed ahead, so normally it would have been in, in August or July, but because of COVID, the schedule was thrown off of the normal cycle. And what did gotcha. you say he could sign for? Four years, 112. 112.6 if you, you want to be. Would you be happy with that, KJ? I mean, with the cap going where it is uh, and uh, Grant's offensive output, uh, I, uh, I think, I know he was injured at the end of last year, but for the most part, he's been healthy, right? So he, He's been in and out, but I think a lot of that is kind of like what we saw last year with us where we were such a, bad team they were trying to lose so they weren't playing him as much gotcha it's an average of 28 Uh, mil per year if you didn't know uh and so like jeremy grant uh at at between uh, 20 and 30 million uh over the next four years Uh, i i wouldn't love it but i i wouldn't hate it either it's kind of like the nurkic contract like it's probably a little bit of an overpay, but he's a good player and you got to pay extra for those when you're in a small market. So you said Fouad, you said it was 28 million a year. Yeah. Hmm. I would be concerned if we didn't find him to that extension, because that would mean he either leaves or he signs for more than that. And more than that is a little bit iffy. I'm okay with paying 28. That's not bad. Especially like you said, with the rising cap, I think that's okay. Yeah, that's that's the, my biggest problem is I don't ever take in, a, in account that rising cap, so it always seems like so much more than it... I mean, it is a lot, but it always seems like more. Yeah. Um, do you, like I said, I'm honestly, I'm looking forward to Jeremy Grant offensively, but honestly, I'm looking forward to his defense and seeing 
seeing him help and defense has just been such a big issue the last couple of years. I'm so, I'm so excited to to actually see some defense. I feel like we're going to see some defense. I hope so. Yeah, having a guy that can go out there and be the point of attack defender on the ring uh, on the wing that maybe Robert Covington didn't turn out to be, uh, like that's uh, hugely important for us, uh, especially if you're uh, trying to compete um, late into the season. Uh, we need somebody to guard Luca. Uh, we need somebody to guard uh, LeBron. Get guys like that, and for the first time in a long time, we have a reasonable answer to that. I'm I'm really looking forward to the Dame, Peyton, Hart, Grant, Nurk lineup. That's going to be my favorite lineup to watch out there. It's just some crazy defense with Lillard shooting half-court threes all day long. <laughs> yeah, I feel like um, the defense on that lineup would be insane. Yeah. KJ, let me ask you one more question before we move on to the last thing we wanted to talk about. What is your expectation for this year? And what do you think like a a highly obtainable goal and what you like if we overachieve what do you think that would be uh so anytime you have a healthy damian lillard on your team that like you're going to be pretty good uh i would say that um uh we're guaranteed like at least a play-in spot uh high end that uh maybe uh we can get as high as the fifth seed And if we and if we overachieve, would you say like making like to the second round, the Western Conference, or is like even second round like out of out of your realm of possibilities? I find it hard to believe that uh, without a major trade, we could make it past one of the uh, Clippers, uh, Mavericks, Grizzlies, Nuggets, uh, hell. Uh, like, what are we going to do against Minnesota? They're so big. At, yeah, so at, like getting out of the first round uh, without a major injury it, it's not likely. Yeah, I'm there with you. Best case scenario, I think, is like a five seed, probably a difficult first round exit. Um, what about your worst case? What do you think, like, things go bad? Where, where do we end up? Uh, how dark do you want me to go here? Because I could go all the way dark. <laughs> Say no, no injuries, as dark as it gets. Uh, worst, uh, worst possible scenario um, uh, would be uh, we're coming up on the trade deadline. The Blazers are five games below uh, 500. Uh, Dame's looking around and it's not really working. Chauncey has lost the team. Uh, and then we're talking about, and I, I know this is uh, verboten in uh, the Blazers uh, discourse, but at, at that point I could see a trade request coming. Like, uh, I I know what he said. I've heard what he said uh, about loyalty, but loyalty goes two ways. And I don't think that if you look at everything the Portland Trailblazers have done in the last two years, that they've really committed to building a championship contender around him. Uh, and so uh, he's got the contract extension now. If it becomes clear that this team just isn't going to be competitive with him on it, uh, then uh, I could see... Uh, game winding up somewhere else that that's the worst case scenario i think that's fair um i thought of something that we haven't really talked about too much how do you feel about chauncey the coach so the jury is still out on billups if he is uh, a good coach 
but I think that the jury is back and that he's not a great coach. Like he, at this point, we're hoping for average at best. Uh, one of the things that a good coach does, and uh, Stotts was good, was good at this. Uh, I was a big Terry Stotts guy, uh, and so that kind of uh, colors my opinion on Billups. Uh, but uh, one of the things that good coach does is he tailors uh, his uh, strategy to his personnel. Uh, you've seen Pop do this uh, over the years, uh, changing from being uh, a traditional back-to-the-basket team with the Twin Towers to more pace and space with Manu and Tim, uh, uh, Manu and uh, Tony, I should say. Uh, and uh, so the the blitzing thing that Chauncey is going on didn't work very well last year uh like people uh, want to write off last season and say oh it was a tanking year and so we don't have to worry about any of that but even prior to the tank if you look at our defensive efficiency in uh november and december i think we were 27th in the league uh the blazers blitz the pick and roll more than any other team in the league and the blazers gave up more points per possession on a blitz than any other team in the league uh and so i don't know if his defensive scheme uh, really makes sense uh, in uh, on an NBA level, and I, it definitely doesn't make sense with the personnel. If you're going to give Yusuf Nurkic seventy million dollars to be your center, you have to play drop defense because that's what Yusuf Nurkic could do. Uh, trying to turn him into a blitzing guy like he's Bam Adebayo, that that's I don't think that that's going to be successful, and I think that that's probably why he lost some of the bets last year. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of the blitzing either. I thought, I don't know why you take your pretty much your only rim defender and you're putting them blitzing out on the three point line. It didn't didn't make sense to me, and it didn't work. So, I th- I think if we were to do it now this year with the def- the better defenders we have now, it would probably work a little bit better. But I still am not a fan of it. I don't I don't like that idea. Yeah, I just that. Nurk is just going to be your linchpin defensively. Uh, And uh, like, he's not a blitz trap switch guy. He he's uh, like a massive dude that you put in front of the rim and uh, have him push everybody else away. And so uh, I hope that I'm wrong about this. Maybe Chauncey uh, uh, with a healthy Dame uh, uh, comes up with a strategy that works really great for the rest of the team. Uh, maybe uh, Chris Burkhardt is right, and uh, Robert Covington was just that terrible. Uh, and so now that he's off the team, that's going to cure our woes. I, I don't know. Uh, but uh, like just schematically, what we've seen from him so far hasn't made sense for our roster, and I, that's not the sign of a good coach to me. Fawad, before, before we let – I, I want you to answer this, Fawad, but I just want to shout out Chris Burke real quick. Chris Burkhart said Chris Burke. <laughs> I just want to shout him out. He's a, he has a new job with Rip City Radio. I just want to say congratulations. I think it's awesome. I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say. And it sounds like he's going to get to do uh, some player interviews coming up pretty soon. So that's exciting stuff. So shout out to the Trailcasters, Keith and Chris. Uh, love you guys. Uh, Chris is a great guy. I'm really excited for um, you know his Rip City Radio stuff. And you know, both of them, both of the trail caches, we, you know, we're pretty close friends with them, I guess. Uh, but anyways, back to Nancy Billups. Uh, yeah, first of all, I was going to say, I was a big Stotts guy too. So I was really happy that you said that. I always appreciated that he was, I feel like he's one of the better coaches in the league in terms of like adapting his coaching style to maximize like the skill set of his players. And I always appreciated him for that. And I agree that Chauncey hasn't done that so far. 
But I think that the jury is still out completely uh, because you know, he had like what twenty five, maybe thirty games with a healthy roster, and even that healthy roster didn't include a healthy Dame. So I think that that's not enough time. You know, a lot of first year coaches have um, they need uh, like half season sometimes to really work things out. Like the Celtics were under five hundred all the way in January. I was uh, and, and even even the Mavs, I think they were they had a similar record, maybe one game up or down, and uh, also in January, maybe late December, and they turned they turned around and they were one of the better teams in the league in the second half of the season. So I think Chauncey didn't get that full um you know, that that full period to work things out and try a bunch of things and see what works and what doesn't. But hopefully, you know, that was enough to see that the blitzing didn't work, and then maybe we can pick up from there, and then you know go on with the rest of the season maybe he's still a great coach maybe he's you know a terrible coach i think i can't see anything at all right now because I just haven't seen enough in my opinion it's funny that you mentioned the celtics um i i mentioned that i did uh, i like the blazers podcast last year uh and uh, ryan and i were talking about uh the comparison between uh, chauncey billups and ime adoka uh, and uh, them both being former players them both having sort of that terse style of, of calling out their team. And at the time, we're just like, yeah, maybe this doesn't work because uh, people forget, like, Ime Adoka was on the hot seat uh, in December. Like, th- things were not going well with the Celtics. And so uh, maybe that, that comparison proves apt, and he ends up being a, a really good coach when uh, he has a healthy roster. But uh, I, I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, I'm I'm holding out until this year to really get a true opinion on him. Um, like Fulad said, even when we were healthy, we weren't really healthy with name having issues. Um, so I, I'm willing to give him at least another year to see what we can do. Um, one last thing before we let Fulad finish us up here. We haven't talked at, at all about him. How did you feel with the Shaden Sharp draft pick? How did you feel about that? I, I think that's another example of the the Blazers front office not committing to yep. Damian Lillard's prime. Uh, yep. Maybe Shaden Sharp was the best player in the draft. Maybe he uh, is amazing. Maybe he is the Canadian Kobe. Like, I'll, I'll allow that to, to be possible. But he's 19 years old. And so what if he played zero minutes in college. And so whatever he is, he's not going to be it until Damian Lillard's 35, 36 years old. Uh, and so the, the idea that those two guys will play together on a, a competitive team is just silly. If the Blazers were serious about building around Damian Lillard, they would have traded that pick. Uh, and I was really disappointed that they didn't. I think we all kind of agree on that one. Just a little add-on to that. What I find really interesting is the reaction to um joe cronin and i guess our overall offseason i feel like all of his moves were pretty much very similar to what neil o'shea would have done and their reaction to to this offseason from our fan base has been largely positive even around the league has been largely positive but i can guarantee if it was neil o'shea i feel like the, rea- the exact same moves would have been received much worse but it's uh i guess it's a conversation for a different day <laughs> Okay, Fawad, you had a ESPN came out with a what was it twenty six through hundred, I believe. Yeah, they say they're top some players. Later. So we're gonna go over it really quickly because there's a couple Blazers in there that we feel are a little little low on the list here. So go for it. 
So actually, first I'm going to pre preface this that I think these lists are kind of they're meant to generate discussion and like uh, anger. So I think you know we're kind of taking the bait, but whatever. There's it's still the off season, nothing better to discuss. So True. in terms of Blazers, we have uh, Ant at ninety first, Nurkic at eighty eighth, and Grant at sixty fourth. And Dame obviously wasn't ranked, so he's somewhere in the top twenty five. We don't know where. So are any of these, um, you know, surprising to you or particularly noteworthy, KJ? And so it's really hard with stuff like this because, like, you always hear the phrase at top 10 player, top 20 player. Um, uh, but then when you actually count them, you're just like, wait, this gets kind of tricky. And so do I have a strong opinion on Grant Williams at 99 versus Mitchell Robinson at 98? um uh like not really uh like it's tricky uh ranking guys like this particularly when you're talking uh, across positions uh and so <clears throat> uh, on the one hand uh 91 seems low for Anthony but on the other hand I think that the the sense around the league is that yeah he was putting up numbers last year but he was doing it on a team trying to lose uh and so uh, that that that's sort of being discounted. Um, uh, I wouldn't have been surprised if he was left off the list entirely. So the fact that he was up to ninety is actually surprisingly high uh, to me. Um, uh, it it's nice to see uh, uh, other Blazers on the list. I, I haven't seen a breakdown by team of uh, how many other teams have uh, four players in the the top uh, hundred. Uh, though uh, Nurk is pretty far down there. Uh, one thing I did see, think that was noteworthy uh, is that Jeremy Grant is sitting at, I think, 56. And last 64. year, CJ was 64. Thank you. Uh, and then uh, last year, CJ was sitting at 30. And so uh, th just going back to that transaction, if you want to consider the McCollum, uh, the New Orleans uh, Detroit trade as, as like sort of a, a three-team deal like that just in, in pure talent that that's a pretty big step down curious to see where CJ is right now and he is 45th I'm sorry 45th right now like this year 45th okay um I agreed with a lot with a lot of what you said with uh Simons I wouldn't have been surprised if he wasn't on the list uh either I think there's still a lot of question marks with him. Um, Nurk, I get, I think should have been higher, but I guess it's just health. But like, honestly, any top hundred list is gonna have like weird things. No, no one can agree on any top hundred list, so it's not really surprising to see something like that. Like, I think and ninety one is fine. I have no issues with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna add much to it because I'm not a big fan of these top one hundred players. Um. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan when the NFL does it and I'm not a big fan of when the NBA does it. Um but I do see there was one thing I saw that I wasn't and maybe I'm just being biased cuz I like Nurk better but I believe Porzingis was ahead of Nurk. Uh, by by one spot I believe, yeah. Oh, is it only one? Spots. Is it 88 and 89? Oh, 88 and 80. Okay, that's not that bad then. Never mind. I take it back. I would much rather have Nurk than Porzingis, but um, 
that's not that's not that big of a difference there. So truly, I don't I don't buy too much stock into this, and I'm sure probably a lot of the NBA players could care less as well. Um, they're holding on for Nurk. The reason why he dropped so much is because they're saying he uh, was shut down with that foot injury after 56 games, which I think we all know he didn't necessarily have a real foot injury. Yeah, so that's one of those foot injury things. Yeah, but. Uh, like it plays into the the narrative with Nurkic. I think over the last five years, he's averaged fifty one games a season, yeah. and uh, yes, he got shut down last season because we were tanking. And yes, uh, there have been some uh, in, uh, COVID shortened seasons in that span. And yes, that includes a season where he missed almost the whole year um, uh, because he broke his leg. But uh, it, caveats or no, like he he's still a guy that misses a lot of games, which is. Uh, what has me so nervous about our bench. Yeah, and I think that's fair. Uh, Fawad, is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, Sure, I guess one minor note. Uh, Trent Jr. was not on this list at all, and you know, I, I just said so much about how these lists are meaningless, but that's blasphemous to me. He's not, huh? Unless he's in the top 25. <laughs> Hopefully he better be. <laughs> and and Paulo Becero is on here already at 82. I mean, come on, dude. You haven't done anything yet. That was but... the one issue I had with this list is there was a bunch of rookies on here. And it's like, they may be better mm-hmm. players, you know, projected wise. But until they're in the NBA, we have no idea. And Julius Randle is somehow above Michael Porter Jr. and John Collins. Yeah, we, we, we could do this all day. <laughs> uh, KJ, do you have anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up? Uh, no, I, uh, I think we touched uh, bases on uh, pretty much everything uh, you and I did discussed. Uh, I, I do want to say uh, congratulations to Chris on the new gig. Uh, I'm excited for him there. Um, uh, all joking aside, he and I are friends. Uh, and uh, I appreciate you guys for letting me out. We appreciate you making time to come join us. I know it's, like I said, I know it was short notice, but I'm glad you made it here, and we look forward to doing more with more with you on here. Uh, Fawad, do you have anything? Yeah, the counter, uh, the countdown uh, for training camp is, oh, yes. you know, we're yes. recording on Tuesday, so, you know, take out a day when you listen to this. Uh, right now, it's seven days until training camp and 13 until our first preseason game. So under two weeks. We're getting there. We're getting Let's there. go. Rip City, baby. And and very soon, I believe, KJ, correct me if I'm wrong, we're going to start having these Twitter spaces again, right? I know they kind of went on the back burner when, once offseason started. Uh, and, and so doing the, spa- the post-game space after every game became kind of a lot. Uh, and so I, I think that um, uh, Seth, uh, my buddy, uh, Sheriff of PDX, is planning on doing uh, some spaces uh, during the season, but at a more limited schedule. Uh, if you guys are out there and you participated in the spaces, or if you just want to talk to other Blazer fans after a game, um, uh, reach out to us, uh, let us know, and we'll see what type of appetite there is there. Yeah, no, I definitely thought, I, w- I was surprised at how often there was Twitter spaces. I was like, man, that's a lot of work. So I don't blame you guys for cutting back on it at all. Yeah, but, I know that he has uh, uh, season tickets, and, and so maybe we would just do road games so he doesn't have to worry about the travel. I, but yeah. I don't know. That, that's still up in the air. Uh, if you guys missed the spaces, uh, let us know, and I'll see if I can talk him into doing more. 
Yeah, and 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 honestly, you guys, if you are on Twitter and you haven't been a part of them, they're very fun. They're you get to hear you know everyone's reactions right away, and it's a good time. And every time I've been in them, I've enjoyed it. And sometimes you you get your mind opened up to something you didn't even think about. So it's very it's a, it's, a, it's very informational, and it's it's a good time to talk with everybody. And they're surprisingly civil too. Like right? you would you would think that a bunch of strangers on Twitter talking to each other about basketball would uh, devolve into a bunch of yelling. But uh, Seth runs a tight ship. Like the those uh, conversations have been great, and occasionally we'll get um, uh, guests in there. Like we had uh, Chris Haynes uh, talking to us uh, with the Neil Shea uh, news broke, and so that that was pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, uh, hopefully we'll be able to do more of those this year. I, I I hope so. KJ, once again, thank you for joining. We really appreciate it. Um, I'm looking forward to watching basketball and talking with you about it as the as the season goes on. And uh, Fawad, thanks for coming tonight as always. And everybody that's listening, thank you for listening. And as always, Rip City, baby. Thanks to My Life Pursuing for the music used on the intros and the outros of this podcast. You can check them out on all major streaming platforms at My Life Pursuing. 